Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Round two of this attempt to record with Thomas Esposito. Tommy, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I know. I didn't build a wall to keep you out. No. How you been, buddy? You didn't make me pay for it either. Um, I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? All right, so I'm Thomas Esposito. I'm a... um, Currently a junior at Jacksonville University. Big boy. Uh, yeah, good boy. Um, I'm uh, currently studying to be an airline pilot as an aviation major, and um, I'm on the rowing team. Um, I go by two names on that team. Uh, I go by uh, Tomo, and I go by Hollywood as of about 24 hours ago, and it's really bothering me. Um, I just want to throw that out there to the world. Um, so if we I want to know why they called you Hollyworld and who started ho- it. No, not to- you just said that wrong. It's Hollywood. You got to say it right. Oh. Yeah, Hollywood. Okay, Hollywood. Why oh. do they call you Hollywood? I don't know because this this large man in in who 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 claims to be a trainer decided to call me that one day because I walked in with a because speci- I walked in with Ray Bans on to the training room and he called me Hollywood <laughs> and. You know, it's 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 a, it was a slippery slope from there. <laughs> the life of Thomas. It's like it was. You know, it's it's it, it, just certain names. I mean, I have a list of names you can call me, from Espo to Thomas to dipshit. Like I, I have names <laughs> that you can call me. Okay, but you they people have to make new ones up just to bother me. We have a, a we have a dictionary full. It's called the Thomasary. <laughs> Have you ever thought of a, a life as a stand-up comedian? No. You've never thought you, you'd want to pursue that? No. Mm, airline pilot and that's, that's it? That's it. If I'll maybe crack, crack a joke in the skies every once in a blue moon. I'll make some people laugh behind me and I'll sleep easy. <laughs> you think you're ever going to get on the mic and just start cracking jokes? Yeah. That's how you keep people, you know, interested. These people just got a six-hour delay in fucking LaGuardia. <laughs> They're going to need some pep, pep, some, you know, pump up. I mean, seriously. Have you ever been to LaGuardia? Oh, I've flown in there one time. My condolences. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's under construction right now. It's, under, it's been under construction since I was born. It has been under construction since, the, since Jesus flew in there. Okay. <laughs> Okay. It's a pretty shitty airport. Mm-hmm. Well, they're building a new one, apparently, or something. Yeah. That's what the construction is. 2090 so. is expected. Oh. If yeah. we're lucky. Think Trump will still be president? Um, no. Barron will be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's really going to become a dynasty at this point. Yes. Yes. Ivanka's next. Then, then you know Ivanka can't be president. Oh, no, no, Ivanka can be Melania. Sorry. Melania can't be. No. But She should be. She'd be a great president. That was a joke to my listeners. <laughs> I'm flipping him. <laughs> I'm flipping him. <laughs> I, I hear I'm good at that. Um, I think... <laughs> you watched the news recently? Um, yeah, I haven't watched the news. Yeah, how's Fox News looking? It, it, looks, it. it looks beautiful every day. It looks... <laughs> I mean, it does. I mean, it starts out at 4 o'clock in the morning. It's, I don't tune in that early. I actually have a life. But, um, you tune I, in at five thirty. I tune in at five thirty. Um, it starts at four o'clock in the morning. If you don't know, if you ever really are struggling to sleep and you want to fall asleep, I suggest you turn into Fox and Friends first. It starts at four o'clock in the morning, and um, 
I've watched it. It's a really great time. They 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 literally go over just the headlines over and over and over again and what Trump did the day before. Yeah, um, until about eight o'clock until they tweet some shit. Until about at 7, until today. seven. No, until I'm sorry, until six. And then Fox and Friends comes on. Like the real Fox and Friends. Like the Fox real, and the Real Friends. Fox and the Real Friends. Like, for oh. example, like the one at four thirty in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, that's Fox with no friends. So that's me. <laughs> that's my thing. <laughs> so 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 I like watching that one because I can connect with it because I'm probably the only person watching. Um, and um, so it really is Fox with no friends. And then Fox News, come, Fox and Friends comes on. And then you get your, you know, your midday shows that no one watches except 85-year-olds in their home with their bad plastic recliners and, like, you know, waiting for their pension. Um, and come, you. And you do watch the, the midday shows. I do. Of course, I'm an outnumbered guy. I'm a Shepard Smith reporting kind of guy. Like, I love them all. And then I like my prime time. So I like my Tucker Carlson Tonight, followed by Laura Ingram. I know all of you out there who like LeBron James is probably about to throw their computer at the wall. But um, I, I do like Laura Ingram. I like um, I like Sean Hannity. I like, and then my fa- uh, one of my favorites is... Um, uh, Shannon Bream, who's on it, eleven to twelve. They extended the uh, last year. They extended it from eleven to twelve. So you get Fox News if you really want to. You can get Fox News from four a.m. to twelve midnight every day, and then at midnight to four, they replay the four hours of prime time. So if you really don't, you never have to stop watching Fox News because the prime time is that good. I think you need medication. I think I seriously think you might need help. Okay. I think you need some. You need to go see a doctor. Okay. okay. If you watch that much Fox News, you're gonna be seriously messed up. Look, I promise I go to class. I know you leave the TV on, which is terrible. I do leave the TV on because you want to think. I need to walk back into my room and immediately be briefed. I I need like my intelligence briefing. <laughs> you're okay. sick. I like to feel like I'm president. I like so, to feel like I'm president. Because Trump gets his intelligence briefings from Fox too, so I need to get my intelligence. I'm glad you admitted that. Oh, of course I do. Of course he. I, I, I love the SNL skit where he's where they put Trump sitting in the, um, the you know the Lincoln bedroom eating an egg McMuffin, watching Fox and Friends, and he's pretending to call in. I thought that was hysterical. I've never seen that. That's hilarious. You should go watch that. Go on YouTube, folks. That's watch really that. Funny. It's hysterical. Um, but no, I do like watching Fox. I do leave the TV on in my room. It is on right now. Um, I'm sorry for all you environmentalists out there, but it is an Energy Star appliance TV. Um, so it's okay. Um, it was created by the liberal elites. So with this... <laughs> what is wrong with you? Several things. It's late. So, um, so... But no, I do like watching it. I, I feel like, you know, obviously, like, I do... I mean, I like to go over to MSNBC every once in a while. I yeah, do admittedly like... go over there. I oh, like wow. to watch Rachel Maddow. Wow. Yeah, she's really a something. She's a beauty. Um, she, I she's, love... a, she's a smart lady. Uh, moving on. Um, so, uh, yeah, I go over to MSNBC sometimes. I like to watch um, Rachel Maddow. I like to watch... Um, I like Morning Joe. That always gives me a good laugh. So every time, every once in a blue moon, like when I'm, you know, when I'm, when I need a good laugh or when I'm like depressed or when I'm like, you know, ready or when, you know, uh, you know, Trump does something really good. I go over to Morning Joe. What's your definition of really good? Not yours. So we're going to leave it there. Um, So. (laughs) Okay. 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 So 
You approve of his Twitter feed? I approve of some of his Twitter feed. But not all. Not all. Hmm. No Republican really approves of all of his Twitter feed. Yeah, that's a rough one. That's, that's a, he should probably stop doing that. I wish he would. Yeah, I wish he would, like, tout, I mean, I wish he touted his accomplishments on Twitter. <laughs> but, like, I don't think he should target people. Yeah, Twitter. the call-out culture is pretty real by Donald Trump. It is. Yeah, it's pretty toxic, too. It's quite funny how Melania is working on a anti-bully. Is, anti-bullying, and specifically speaking, cyberbullying is her, like, her cause that she's fighting. Like, Obama, uh, Mrs. Obama did, uh, you know, childhood obesity, and she tried to get all the children in the country. You know? Yeah, she ruined my, my middle school lunch. Thank you. But right. go on. She didn't ruin your middle school lunch. Mm-hmm. I missed, they took my breadsticks away. I'm so sorry about that. Your carbohydrate intake, though, is very high. <laughs> I am skinny today because of Michelle Obama. <laughs> you can think I was that. malnourished in my, high, in my middle school cafeteria. <laughs> You're insane. <laughs> You're insane. Uh, what I'm getting at is, like, he tweets out pretty awful shit about people. People that he's, you know... He should be friends with their, you know, companions with at the very least. I mean, specifically, specifically speaking, Senator John McCain. Look, I'll speak to John McCain um, about uh, to speak to what happened there. I, I, I know that Donald Trump had his difficulty with Don McCain, and they had their differences on policy. But one thing I'll say is I don't really agree with Trump's view on John McCain. I think that John McCain is is a hero to this country, uh, being a POW, someone who served this country not only in the armed services but also in the United States Senate for a very, very long time. Um, Obviously, the 2008 presidential nominee for the Republican Party, um, someone I have a uh, more respect for than uh, most people in politics, uh, or if not the most respected person in my book in politics. Yeah, he was a good man. He worked hard. He, he fought did. the good fight, and he fought for as long as he could. And he's a, he's a pretty good inspiration, especially people who are young and in politics. And specifically, specifically speaking, oh my gosh, I can't talk, uh, to myself, because he dedicated his entire life to politics. And he made it a, a, a conscious choice when he was about 30 years old that he's going to take the rest of his life and dedicate it to the American people, ensuring that their lives would be better than his. And there's not too many people out there doing that. Ah. Uh, and he was a good one. Although he stood on the different aisle, on the, on the other side of the aisle than me, he was a pretty moderate guy when it came to, came to a few, no. John policy. McCain um, became moderate more after his 2008 run. Yeah. I mean, um, he picked the worst vice president candidate ever. So, and he deeply regretted that. You can say yes. You're nodding, but you can say yes. I, look. She was Donald Trump before Donald Trump. No, she was not. Yes, she was. Her headlines were hilarious. I could see Russia from my house. Okay. That was real. I know that was real. That was real. Okay. John McCain had to handle that. I know. As running, uh, while running against Barack Obama, debatably the top five politicians the United States history has ever seen. I think, personally, that Sarah Palin is a very good person. Sure. I, I think she cares very much about her state, but yes, she was the wrong choice for John McCain. Yes. I think she's done great work in Alaska. I don't I don't know too much about Alaskan politics. I looked into it once. Yeah. She did a lot for that state. In terms of like national parks and stuff, stuff that would you would like. You should go look into that. Yeah, she's pretty she's pretty big into the uh, environment over there. I only know because her daughter was on like 16 and pregnant or something. 
and uh, but you see, Alaska they is, showed her family. Alaska is one big national park, as I like to call it. It should be our national park state. Um, so it, it, I, I genuinely believe that it's one big national park. Um, and she did a lot for like environmental stuff, and I, I actually really liked what she did up there. Yeah, we only got one world. We should probably keep it together as long as possible. It's a pretty good thought. How do you feel about uh, see what John McCain did or what he wrote right before he passed? About he he asked the person who beat him in the two thousand eight presidential election who's doing his eulogy. Yeah, yeah, that's impro- that's that's. I think that speaks to Obama's character. I think it was great, and he also asked George Bush. Yeah, no, yeah, and George Bush, the Bushes, and the Obamas are. Doing it together. Widely known. They're, they're good family friends. Like, they are. They do, uh, you know. Which I think, look, I love, I, there's nothing I love to see more. Yeah, I agree. That's It's pretty It's pretty special, especially especially how Bush ended his administration and pretty much, uh, you know, things were up in flames. And Obama came in and didn't necessarily directly attack Bush, especially his inauguration speech. He didn't attack Bush. He kind of made it an us issue and not a Bush issue, and I think that's what saved their friendship. And then allowed that allowed the power of uh, it allowed a transfer of power peacefully, which is pretty impressive. Um, we take that for super, super, super for granted in this country, but it rarely happens. Actually, I, just, I, I might be interested in this. Actually, now you mentioned that, and I wish we talked about this because I would have read you some quotes from what I wrote. I wrote an, an essay end of last semester uh, for U.S. history on the transfer of power between presidents. Mm-hmm. And um, this is not to be, well, it's to be political because we're talking politics, but um, one of the most incredible things I think I've ever seen, and probably you've seen for different reasons and different you know, beliefs, was Barack Obama and Donald Trump standing on the steps of the Capitol building after Donald Trump was sworn in. That was, one of, that was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. In politics, yeah, it was impressive that they could do the you know, the the transfer of power peacefully, especially because two sides are not peaceful at the very least. Correct. Now, now, but that's my point. Yeah, is the fact that they were able to do it, and to be quite honest, you like, I don't know if you know the original story, but like, uh, you know, the transfer of power goes obviously back to George Washington transferring. The, it was very different then, but it continued on, and 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 I, I cannot think of a time when the outgoing president has been, and the incoming president have been like, you know, butting heads. Yeah, we we witnessed a pretty special, special transfer at this at this last one for well, sure. Of course, but I don't think it was as bad as everybody thought it was going to be. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. Look, Barack did. Obama was not going to do it. Was not going to bash somebody on the national stage, and Barack Obama really didn't speak at this event. But like. He wasn't going to bash someone on, on the national stage who had basically beaten his everything that he stood for. Yeah, he was. He endorsed Hillary Clinton. He backed Hillary Clinton, and he they, he took the defeat graciously. And Donald Trump took his winnings. Everyone knows how he took it. He you know tweeted. He spoke out, and he was not very gracious. He wasn't respectful. He was demeaning, demoralizing, disrespectful, anti-American. And his inauguration speech was, you know, an outright joke, more or less. Uh, the attendance was abysmal. And the whole connotation of the speech was to put down people that he had, quote-unquote, defeated. Yet he had done nothing except brainwash, you know, 
a certain amount of people. And I, I just can't, it's really unsettling to know that someone's in power that is so proudly, that so proudly promotes himself as, you know, someone who bullies other people, puts them down, demeans them for no other reason than for personal gain. It's the most childlike act you can, you can perform. It's quite embarrassing. Wouldn't you agree? Okay. Wouldn't you agree, though? No. I mean, you wouldn't agree no. that... You, you, you wouldn't agree that calling Amorosa a dog... He hurts your feelings. He did not hurt my feelings. No, he hurts your feelings. What, he, is, what hurts my feelings are his policies, because they affect millions of Americans that he does not care about. I don't agree with that. You don't. You think he cares about every single American? Yes, I do. Really? That's why I voted for him. That's why you voted for him. Mm -hmm. Have you taken a look at his tax plan? Those tax breaks. The largest tax break happened to corporate businesses. Correct. The next four tiers were the only tiers that got tax breaks. That's the top four people who make money. Correct. How does he care about the American people at the bottom? I just spent. Two weeks knocking doors in low socioeconomic status communities. And what I mean by that is I knocked doors in, in areas where the infrastructure, buildings were not buildings. People don't have running water. I had to go to the bathroom so bad when I was knocking doors and I asked someone if I'd go to the bathroom. They said, we, have, we don't have running water here. And I said, I said, what? And then I began to talk to the guy. He was an ex-felon and he worked at a construction company. He'd been out 10 years and still couldn't vote. He lives in an apartment because, the, because they don't pay him enough. He lives in an apartment where there's no running water. But the government keeps increasing taxes and taking away a shitload of their property, and then they're repossessing their property, and then throwing up these huge condominiums to, to, to personal businesses. And it's absolutely backwards. It's absolutely backwards. It's so wrong. And Donald Trump's not speaking to those people. Donald Trump doesn't care if the people in Flint, Michigan can drink Did water. Barack Obama? Yes. Barack Obama, put in, Barack Obama put institutions in, programs in, to help low-funded people try to make a living wage in this, in this country. Fight for 15, that's just not arbitrary. That's, that's not thrown out there by some company or some organization that said, hey, $15 an hour seems like a good idea, just randomly. No, they came to figure out that $15 an hour would be a good starting point. People can live on their own, afford living, afford health care, can work for an, an honest wage and still have a life. That doesn't happen at seven twenty-five an hour. That's slavery. That's modern-day slavery. You can't live properly. You can't rent an apartment. I used to work 60 hours a week working for, working for a $9 an hour job, and I couldn't afford my rent. I couldn't afford to eat. I didn't even have a car payment. And that's that's I didn't Trump's have... fault. Yes. Okay. That is Trump's fault because he has the ability as the sitting president to change the policies in which how our business is conducting the United States. He can pass policy and promote policy that encourages companies and businesses to provide an honest wage for their workers. He talks about domestic, domestic work and domestic uh, you know, manufacturing and production. Yet he doesn't care about the workers. I, I'm really confused by it. Here's how I'm going to reply to that. Because you're not going to take my answer seriously. You're not. And, and, I, and I know you're well, not. Because I, I, you, you, you have this view. And I'm not claiming your view is invalid. What you just said is means something. I know it means something to a lot of people listening to this. It means something to the people who have your political view. 
Okay, but let me tell you about my political view. Okay, Donald Trump has numerous times, and I just don't. Please don't interrupt me because I do want to actually go go on this because this is. I'm going to give you a counter. You view something as one thing. You view that Donald Trump has done nothing for these people who live in these. Can we call them projects? That's actually the wrong term because the projects were actually only built in New York and it's you know certain cities, and then it stopped in the '70s. So okay, the, well, it's I just apologize. a demeaning term. It wasn't intended to be. It, yeah, I understand. But it, rundown places. Low-income neighborhoods. We'll use that word. That's a you, phrase. Okay. Thank you. So you view that as people who are, can I use the word, forgotten? Sure. We can use forgotten. Mm-hmm. I know you guys don't like that word. but I do like the word forgotten. I use it in my sentences often. I agree that you're, you may view those people as forgotten, and I think they're forgotten as well. Okay, so we agree on that. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the coal miners are forgotten? They should be forgotten. Really? Coal mining destroys destroys this planet. Now, coal miners, the people who go into those coals, the, the, whatever, the coal caves, whatever, they go do the mining or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't even actually know how it works. All I know is I've seen people get trapped in there and be disastrous in the news stories that break out once, you know, every other year about this. Years. Go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, whatever may have it. Um We didn't end up here because there was an abundance of education. We ended up where we are, talking about these forgotten people, talking about these coal miners, because there was a severe lack of education, a lack of care. Now, it's been proposed numerous times. How about we pull back on the production of coal? How about we, you know, encourage the production of reusable energy? We train the coal miners just like how we train them to mine coal. Let's train them to work for solar panel, com- solar panel companies. The training is, I can ensure you, is not going to be any more strenuous or any more difficult. It's just a transfer of job, which, was, which would encourage a brighter future, which would encourage a higher wage because there's more money in solar. That's been proven by numerous economists. Okay. I'm not discrediting what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see the draw... For the forgotten coal miners, I do agree. The coal miners are an example, but let me. But, but since you said that, I'm they not, also I'm, have. I'm a, not getting into a global warming debate with you, and I'm not getting into a reusable energy debate with you because look. But I'm going to say this to that because, and it kind of bleeds into the next point. Is let me be honest with you. Yes, I would love to say to the coal miners, "We don't need you anymore," but unfortunately, we do. Okay. Why? Reusable energy is not 100% here yet. I hope you can agree with that. We're not ready to start running everything we own off of solar. We're not ready. Believe me, my, my 97 Ford outside is not going to start running off, you know, algae tomorrow, okay? Like, there's an abundance of algae. Okay, but I, I, I agree there's abundance of algae, but we don't know how to utilize that yet in, in ways that we can run every car on the streets. Okay. Yeah, but there's certain steps that we can take, and we have taken those steps in the Obama administration, but guess who rolled those back? The Trump administration just rolled those back. Okay. They said California cannot make their own car standards anymore because California was leading the way on the car standards. In like five years, they projected to have every single new, produ- new produced car was going to be able to get 60 miles per the gallon. That's a hell of a lot better than a Ford that gets 15 miles. It's these certain policies that are being, re- re- you know, that are being rolled back, that are not being introduced that are anti-American, they're not helping the e- economy, they're not helping the people, they're not helping the forgotten ones. It's really sickening to see. see. See, your definition of forgotten and mine 
are different in a way. But are they really the same? I personally believe that we're fighting for the same thing. Okay? I do. Okay. I think that the coal miners have been forgotten. Let me finish. I think that people in manufacturing jobs have been forgotten because we've outsourced. Okay? I believe that those are forgotten people. Okay? You believe that these people in these low-income neighborhoods, the phrase that you like, are forgotten. Okay? Donald Trump was elected by the forgotten man. Okay, and I hate to break this to you, is that these low-income neighborhoods were existing through the entire eight years of the Obama administration, the entire eight yeah, years Obama of the didn't Bush administration. No one, no one claimed that. No, no one did. But, but don't blame Donald Trump for something that's been a problem for a very long time. There will always be these low-income neighborhoods. You can't blame one president for it that you disagree with on other issues. I can blame him for the lack of policy that he either doesn't introduce, that he shuts down, or that he rolls back from previous administrations. I can blame him for that. Those are direct actions that he's taking to not help the American people. There are there were 400,000 Virginians who were uninsured and then got Medicare because of the Obama Medicare uh, the the um, Obama um, Care Act. And Trump wanted to, you know, roll that back. So 400,000 Americans in Virginia who are working class people, who are the ones that he was striving for, the forgotten people who are the working class who apparently he got to vote for him, he wanted to roll that back so 400,000 Americans could not have health insurance. You know what it means to not have health insurance? You get sick, you can't get treated. You can't get treated, you can't go to work. You can't go to work, you can't provide for your family. It's a snowball effect. And so when he tries to roll back policy like that, it's, it's really sickening, and it's hard to understand. It's, it's really hard to process why. Well, and I, look, I'm not, I don't know if we're going to get to healthcare, but I want to stay on one thing for a second, is the fact that I, I firmly believe that more people can get jobs than who do not have jobs now. I don't know if that, I, that came out right, but let me explain. I want you to drive, anybody who does this, I would like you to drive down, no, yes, and there are exceptions to this, but I hope you can kind of see where I'm going. You can drive down Atlantic Boulevard in Jacksonville. You can drive down Beach Boulevard. You can drive down any road in America, any populated commercial road, and you will see something. And they are called help-wanted signs. Okay? And then you can continue to drive, and you will probably go into one of your low-income neighborhoods. Okay? And you can, I believe that there needs to be something that puts those two together. There are a lot of people who willingly do not work. Okay? The people who say, I cannot find work. I don't think that that is good. No. You, yes, you might not be able to find work working for a major company, being an executive vice president after you just came out of a low-income neighborhood. But everybody's got to start somewhere. And yes, people are more fortunate than others. People are in this, you know, some people are born into that. Some people have the opportunities to go to college. Okay? But I personally believe that if you are saying, I cannot find work and I am unemployed, I believe that you should be able to walk into a Publix, walk into a Winn-Dixie, and say, can I have a job? It's experience. Then one day, what are you going to be? Yes, you're going to start by bagging. You're going to start by doing the carts. 
You're going to start by doing that. You're going to then move up to stocking shelves. And then maybe, you know what, assistant manager, manager of a store, okay? One of your people that you went to in a low-income neighborhood, let me finish, could become a store manager at a Publix. Now, is that a all, you know, uh, you know, is that the end-all, be-all? No. There's a lot more than a person can do. But what's stopping them from going to that? That's my biggest question. And you might have an answer to that, that they're in these low-income neighborhoods and they're looked at differently, maybe, okay? But to be quite honest with you, if you can put a, a, a decent shirt on and, and, you know, and, and brush your hair back, I think you can get a job at anywhere you want. I'm talking entry-level jobs. And that's money. That's how people make money in this country. There are a lot of people working in these places. And believe me, they're not, they're great people. But there's nothing, they, they don't have a college education. They don't have this. But there are jobs out there for people. That's my point. That are not the CEO of a company. Not everybody's going to be the CEO of a company. I mean, I get what you're saying. I think it's a common misconception between the right, the right and the left, where the right thinks that there's, if you work hard enough, there's a job for you, which is wrong. It's not true. And the left is, they believe that there's not a job for everyone. Well, there is a job for everyone. It's just that we have to split it up differently, that we have to rearrange the system, which is not the right way to do it either. Uh, the, the neighborhoods that I go into, the poverty that I've seen recently, I mean, one, it's really, it's really hard to see and it's really, really hard to conceptualize. I've never experienced this type of poverty and it, I mean, it's really sad and I haven't experienced it until about two weeks ago. I really experienced it firsthand and those people do work. They actually work harder than the majority of Americans because they wake up at 5 a.m. They go to the bus station, which is not in their neighborhood, which is quite funny that there's not public transportation in the low economics neighborhoods where they can't actually afford a car. That's a city thing. So that's called systemic racism. And so I don't, I don't think that's true, but go on. And so, well, you've never been in these neighborhoods. So you'd be surprised where I've been. You've never knocked 3,000 doors in a low-income right. neighborhood. You've never no, done I, it. No, I have not. And do you know how many black people were there versus how many white? I was the only white person. There seemed to be a trend. It seemed to be wrong. There was also no public transportation there. That seemed to be wrong. These people would wake up and bike to the bus station. They'd work two jobs. They'd work two different jobs. Or they'd work the same job but work a double. And they'd get back at 8 o'clock at night. After being up from at 5 a.m., they didn't drive their Hyundai to work and go work in the school system and get paid $40,000 a year to teach kids. They weren't waking up to, to, to go to their marketing internship. These people were waking up and going to their construction jobs. They were going to work at Burger King or McDonald's. And I spoke to literally over a thousand people in four days. And each person I talked to, saying, yes, I would love to go vote. One, either they were a felon or they, were, they could not go vote on voting day because they were working from seven to seven. Seven to seven, that's a 12-hour day, not including commute. That's wrong. That's dead wrong. And I don't know the solution to it. It's been an issue in this country for the last 60 to 70 years. 
ever since we allowed people of color to start, you know, contributing to our economy, we gave them autonomy and let them, you know, finally, you know, work and we reduced the laws and restrictions. We, we took away the Jim Crow laws. Like, you know, ever since we got done with that horrific systemic racism, there seems to be an issue with low-income neighborhoods being predominantly black. And when I mean predominantly black, I mean damn near 100%. I mean, I saw what racism looked like for the first time. Like, I really saw what it looked like, and it was so sad. No, I don't agree with that. And I'm not... Do you think it was just a bad luck by everyone happened to be black? No, I don't. I don't think it's that either. But one thing that... I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been. Go to the South Bronx. New York. Outside of the Yankee Stadium. Go that way. People of color tend to cluster with people of color. They do. Okay. There's this narrative... And believe me, those listening, I'm not racist at all. I'm not. But I'm going to say this. See, right there, you should, you're just, you should probably stop. No. What I'm saying when is you, that... You have to we say have but. This, no, no, no. What we have is this. We have this idea that if you are white, you automatically have something... People who are elite white people automatically hate black people. Okay. Can you say that? I don't. I don't follow. You're saying that we're that, that somebody's racist against someone, right? For this stuff to be happening, right? Yes, I think systemic racism still lingers on from the 1950s. I'm not saying it's gone, but I'm not saying. But what I'm saying is, are you sure it's not reversed? Reversed. Reversed. You think white people are being segregated? No, you think white segregation's people are being over? Don't use down. that word. Segregation's over. What What do you mean by reversed racism? Reverse. It's not reverse. You just said reverse. No, no, no. Reverse. No, reverse. But you're 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 using the wrong thing. Are you telling me that every black person on earth does not have a problem with white people? We're human beings. We all have issues with each other. Correct. I don't know, and I'm not following your point. Okay. Are you saying we're not all going to get along? Because that's very true. We're not all going to get along. Correct. But here's the thing. I think that, you know, if you believe this narrative that... Are you saying, all, you, you, are you saying that only white people are racist and that's not true? That other races are also racist towards other, pe- other races? I think that there are is a... I think there is a major aspect of people who are black who are racist against white people. Yes. Okay. A major. You think a major? I think there's a large number. A large number. And it's okay. not people who live in day-to-day. Like, for example, I have a lot of friends who are black. I don't think it's them. I think that there is a cluster. Not a cluster. That's a wrong word to use, and it's not trying to be offensive. But, like, I think that there is a a, 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 a number of them who do not like white people as well. Okay? Sure, you could say that. You and I think that, that they separate I don't think themselves. that's true. I think that they separate themselves on purpose. I think people of color, Hispanics, black people, minorities, they have a really hard time trusting people of trusting white people because of the history that's been ingrained in their ancestry, it's been ingrained in their textbooks. Slavery is what you're going at. All forms. Slavery. Okay, so uh, I, I look, black people I, have not, been oppressed I'm not, I'm since not the start of segregation. Time. The segregation has ended. I didn't live in the 1950s and 60s. 
Okay. Can I tell you one of my favorite movies? Uh, sure. Thank you. It's called Hidden Figures. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's a story about th- uh, three women who work for NASA yes. in the 1960s. And um, me being a space buff, I love this movie. And it overcomes, it's them overcoming their race. And their gender, for sure. And their gender, of course. And that was a huge mm-hmm. thing at NASA, too, is mostly men. But, um, and their their race and their gender and overcoming that so they can be as successful at NASA. And they're, you know, incredible, genius women. And they should be given that opportunity. And, I, and it's one of my favorite movies. You want to know what other one of my favorite movies is? The Help. Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. I love that movie. And I know I sound like the biggest, like, you know, middle-aged woman, but I actually do love that movie. I think it's such a warming movie because it kind of shows the same thing. It's overcoming. And that's what I'm trying to get at is I wish more people would try and overcome and yeah, that's become. A, that's a really good dream-like state to live in, except there's systemic racism that lives in America that oppresses people of color with, through policy through opportunity. I just I don't know how you can pin that all on Donald Trump. I'm not pinning it on Donald Trump. I'm All I'm saying is that he's not doing anything to help. Not one thing. Okay, and that's where we disagree. What policy has he passed to help Look, people? Specifically, I haven't looked are, up what policy has he done to help, but, but, but to be quite honest with you, he has... Do you ever hear it in the he, news? No. Do you think MSNBC will report that? You think Fox News would report? It's just not happening. That's why no one's reporting it. Not not one news station is reporting it. Because you know why? It's not happening. It's non-existent. It's non-existent. It's quite crazy, the economic inequality that lives in this country. Well, I'll tell you something that he is doing that would help these people, right? So you tell me that you know these people do not have good jobs, right? Can we be can we realistic that these people do not have good jobs, well-paying jobs, right? They don't have good jobs. They're not offered the same schooling that other people are offered. No. Okay. It starts with education and opportunity. Okay. And look, I believe I believe that the education system in this country is broken. And if you want me to be honest, as a conservative Republican who voted for Donald Trump and a populist Republican who voted for Donald Trump, I think Betsy DeVos is a joke. So Yeah, pretty bad. I wish that uh, the president would replace Betsy DeVos with somebody more, I'm going to say a word that I never really thought I'd ever hear myself say. Liberal. Yeah. I wish she would do it because I think it would do two things. One, it would get the education system to where it needed to be. I don't believe in Common Core, but I believe in an education system that works and is fair for all and gives everybody a flat, like, I, I, kinda, I don't believe in a flat tax, but I believe in a flat education. I believe in everybody in public schools should get the same caliber of education. Yes. And, there, um, should be a, there should be a standard that's set that, that, that every state, every county, every public school they have to hit these standards, and if they're not hitting the standards, there's a certain you know investigation that goes into it. There's funding. There's resources that allow these communities to, to, to be properly educated. It's really sad to see different neighborhoods in Jacksonville that have rundown schools, that have failing schools, because these people can't get out of their own way at that point. I agree. And that's super sad to see. I agree, and I think that and I brilliant wish, people I wish. lie in these neighborhoods. You, you know, people are under the misconception that if you go to a low-income neighborhood that it's a bunch of people who don't give a shit about anything. And it's that couldn't be further from the truth. I never said, I didn't say no, that. I'm, no, I'm not, no, I'm not that. saying you said that at all. No, I'm not saying you said that at all. I'm just saying that's a common narrative that people, especially people in power, and it's on all sides. It's on every single side. 
they stand up there in their podiums and they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to try to help out the poor. We're going to, you know, we're going to give them health care and we're going to, you know, try to give them some jobs and hopefully help out their education because you know what? They're just not smart enough. For their, they, they talk down to people who are poor and this is on both sides. And it's really sad to see because I go into these neighborhoods and they're more informed and, and, and educated and you can tell it's self-education on all the hot topics of the news. They're so into it because they know it directly affects them. They understand what happens in, in the policy making of government directly affects them. And it's super sad to see people have power to speak down to them and act like they're not important. And it's like, yeah, well, if we raise the base a little bit, the whole country would flourish. You know, you're only as strong as your weakest person. And if you got to, if the economic inequality, if the disparity keeps growing greater, we're just going to crumble. There's going to be nothing to hold on to. And look, and I agree. I, I like I go back to the education thing. I believe that yeah. there's an education standard that needs to be set. And whether you're in a rundown neighborhood in the South Bronx or you're in, you know, Ponte Vedra, should be the same standard. Yes. And I believe that. Um, I wish Donald Trump would replace Betsy DeVos. Um I think that that would be a good thing. But there's one thing that I would like you to kind of realize, and, and this is something that you probably are not going to agree with because it's my view on what is happening. But Donald Trump is not specifically saying that we're going to be helping the poor, quote unquote. Like we're, we're not going to, he's not saying that, okay? What I believe that he is doing is giving more opportunities for these people in these low income neighborhoods to have actual jobs. Donald Trump is not doing the hiring. Um, What opportunities is he providing? Manufacturing jobs. Where? When? Closer to them. Okay. So here's the thing. Did I miss something? No, you didn't miss something. But you're not going to believe me. But but here's the thing. Is that? I I believe you. It's the truth. What? I believe you. It's the truth. Donald Trump is trying to bring manufacturing jobs back to the U.S. Right? (laughs) This is okay. This is hilarious. I, I, I believe that's a good, that's a good move. I agree with you, except he got up on stage and talked about how we need to bring these car manufacturers over to the United States. And he specifically said they're Mercedes Benz. Have you ever been to South Carolina or North Carolina? The second largest production for Mercedes Benz is actually in the United States. I couldn't stop laughing. I, I, it was so funny. It's like, Donald, I get what you're trying to do, man. But for one second, could you just think before you speak? Could you be educated on what I'm, you're going to speak about? I'm going to keep moving on. I'm going to go back to what I was saying. But come on. Like, really? He specifically called that Mercedes-Benz, and we have the second largest or third largest, one of the largest manufacturing. Because they wanted to leave. It's in the United States right now. And what happened to Carrier Air Conditioner? They wanted to leave. What happened to Harley-Davidson? They wanted to leave, and Donald Trump kept them here. That's what he was trying to do. He doesn't think before he he does think before he speaks. He doesn't think before he speaks. He doesn't speak before, think before he speaks about everything. But to be quite honest, he was right. What happened to Carrier? What happened to Harley? They wanted to leave, and then he said, "Stay." What happened to Ford? They wanted to move their plant to Mexico. No, they expanded their U.S. plant, which is good. Which okay, is good because Donald Trump said, "Don't go over there." Okay, but here's the thing: what I'm trying to get at is that Donald Trump is not. Yes, specifically saying that. And I wish he would say more of it. I do. But there's something I want him to, but I want you to realize is that let's say Detroit. Okay. Detroit is not a, a really well, 
a flourishing city, for instance. Detroit and Jacksonville have a lot of similarities. They do. And I've been to Detroit. Jacksonville is Detroit with palm trees. I know it is. And and, and, and look, I, 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 Detroit, I've been to Detroit. And I, um, so have I. It's actually a pretty city downtown. Gorgeous. Beautiful. GM's there. Yeah, a lot of, lot. Have you seen the GM freaking place there? It's huge. It's like, it looks like, uh, one of those futuristic cities in like a Disney movie back mm-hmm. in like 2006. Like mm-hmm. the buildings are so big. It's like a mass amount of them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the you thing, can tell you. No, but I, I actually, and I, I, I've been there and, I, and I, I've seen, you know, and they have a lot of companies there. I, I think, is, it, is Chrysler still there? I think they are. I think, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's the Motor City. I mean, people, people are, GM's there. There's a, a Chrysler Deep Jobs, I think, is still there. Um, and, and, I, and, and, and these are companies that, Kind of go here. So, what if we said to Detroit, let's have a manufacturing bloom here? Okay. And what if we said, let's reach into these low income cities, low income neighborhoods, low income communities, low income towns, and say, let's go get them. Let's pay them a certain amount. Yes. Yes, that's a really good idea. And I, like, it, I, that, you're saying that. You are saying that. Correct. I we agree. need politicians to say that. But well, I agree. But here's the thing: is I think that Donald Trump is trying to do that. He's not doing that right now. But what yeah. I think he's trying to do is try and bring these jobs here, so we can start doing that down the road. I think there should be initiatives by these companies that maybe you may or may not agree with. But let me kind of let me kind of uh, give you an example. Um, you know me as kind of a space buff, right? And I always talk about NASA because I'm familiar with it. NASA kind of, um, if you've ever been down to about two hours south of Jacksonville, there's a town called Titusville, Titusville, Florida. And Titusville is a bit of a, it was never a really developed town until NASA came along and started to develop the Kennedy Space Center. And Kennedy, uh, when the Kennedy Space Center came up um, on Cape Canaveral, if you ever know the geography of Florida and Cape Canaveral, Cape Canaveral sits out on the island, and that's called Merritt Island. That's where the launch pads are. That's where the Kennedy Space Center is. That's where the vehicle assembly building is, where they built all the rockets uh, for the Apollo missions and the Mercury 7s, all those, the big the big ones that went off years ago in the 60s and 70s yeah. when we were on the space race. And, like, where am I going with this? Well, what NASA did was actually very smart. They, now granted, this was an era where it was mostly men and not women and white men. But, but, the, but the concept is good. They took over Titusville. They built up Titusville. You drive through Titusville. I've driven through it many times. It is cookie-cutter houses. Cookie-cutter. They're not bad houses. They're still holding up today, but they're 60s era, 50s and 60s era houses that were built up to house NASA engineers. Yeah, this is pretty common. It's happened. This, is ha- this is all over Detroit. Correct. This all over Jacksonville because the port, they used to have, you know, right. to go How, housing for companies. I think we should do more of that. I do. Most of these houses, granted, in, in Titusville are oh, privately owned now because that era is gone. But I think that we should come back to that and say, look, and it doesn't need to, and most of that was paid for by NASA at the time. But because it was, you know, government, and that was a lot of that was government land for a while. But I wish that the government would kind of intervene and say, let's build up some of this. It's pretty anti-Republican of you. It is, but no, but but Jakey, um, on social issues, I'm more moderate. This is an economic issue, not a social issue. It can be looked at as a social issue, I think. Sure, they all intertwine. 
I think that we, that the government should build some sort of a housing in Detroit or in Milwaukee, home of Harley Davidson, or any of these other major cities where we have a, a brand that is central to that place. Yeah. Okay. And say, we need to bring more manufacturing jobs here. It's going to make the city money, and the city has to step in and build something to house the people. And we're going to pull them out of the low-income neighborhoods, and we're going to put them to work. And if they do not want to work, if they do not want to work, then that is their own problem. Oh, for sure. That's the Republican in me again. But if you don't want to do the job, there's the door. But if here's your opportunity. Yeah, I'm a pretty hard-nosed guy. And so if you you don't want to put in the work, then you shouldn't be paid for it. Is that a valid... Argument. Oh no, that's no, 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 no. I, I, I think it's an it's an old way to to fix an economic issue. I don't know if it worked today because of the future and where we're going. Uh, now, granted, the space race was a very different time, and yeah, that and was I don't, a you know some a time when we had you know flourishing and everybody was excited for the one yeah. thing go to the moon. But and that's why Titusville kind of took off and became like the place where everybody was living, and like NASA kind of took it over and did that because they had motivation to. And the government was all behind them because yeah. it was government agency. So, and that's what they were creating. So, I don't think that that would work today. It's exactly the same, but I think the concept still works. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know where we're moving in the car industry. I don't know what the future holds for any of us within cars and you know transportation. Um, I don't know. Future, oh, no one knows. Futuristic transportation is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Listen to a podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he talked about uh, flying cars and how they were uh, useless. And he was talking about how um, we all move, um, the way we move and how we move and how flying cars would be a waste of time. And it was really interesting to hear him. I'm not going to try to rephrase Neil deGrasse Tyson because he's a renowned scientist and astrophysicist and is way smarter than me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Call me some wild shit. It's really hard to understand the economy, though. I'm way too young to try to try to understand it. I think I love my, one of my favorite things about the economy is uh, how the presidential elections impact it. They usually give it a boost. Depends on the president. I'm convinced if Hillary Clinton won the election, the economy would have tanked. That's that, that's an idea. We we'll never play that out, but that's an idea. Thank God. But go on. Yeah, I mean. Mm. I don't know where we're going to go. I don't know who anyone's going to put up for a re-election. I don't think Donald Trump's going to get there. I think his days are numbered. I think by next summer we're going to have a new president. Mike Pence will be the president for sure. Um, Do you think that'll be better or worse? I'm not sure what he'd do on his own. I think he stands behind Trump because he has to, and it it looks good to be unified for the country, especially now. I think it's a good job that he's staying unified, although the guy's batshit, like Donald Trump's batshit. Um, I think he knows if the pre- if the executive office was to split right now and they were to start a feud, that would be the demise of the country. And I don't think, I think Mike Pence is too American to do that. But on the same hand, on the, on the opposite hand, excuse me, I think Mike Pence is pretty much scum for what he's done socially. He tried to imprison a gay couple in 2013 uh, which was five years ago, which is vomit-worthy, if you ask me. Of a, It's a despicable human being. Uh, 
I, I, that, that threw me, when I saw that, I really couldn't get past it. He, he believes in uh, conversion therapy, uh, which is just wrong. You know, on those issues, I really can't, I can't stand by the guy. And if you, if you're not socially acceptable to, 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 to all forms of love, to all forms of races, and, and it's just, you're just not a good person, you know, if you lack character. And, and you need to have a strong, you know, highly moral character to, to be the president of the United States. Because we've seen people who don't have the best of characters run this country, and it hasn't worked out. Wouldn't you agree? I'm not, I, I disagree with the premise of your question. Okay, I, I understand you disagree with the Mike Pence, you know, the Mike Pence part of the question. Um, do you think Donald Trump's going to make it his four years? Yes. Really? Yeah, I think he's going to make it eight. Really? Mm-hmm. Even what's happened in the last two weeks? I think, no. Yeah, but what did I you tell know campaign finances you, is, you is illegal. Me, you texted me the night it happened with the Manafort stuff. Okay, I'm not going to get Cohen. into And Cohen. Okay. And his CFO being granted immunity. You don't just get immunity because you're just some dude. You get immunity because you know a lot of information, and they the government wants it. But the government doesn't know exactly what he has. Oh, he's going to talk. They're well, all talking way faster. Talk, and he might talk, and he might talk, you're right, but he might not talk about anything to do with that. I mean, you can get, you could, I, I mean, Cohen pleaded right, guilty to, to campaign finance fraud. That's illegal. Illegal. He's serving jail time. He's serving jail time. Mm-hmm. People who have had close ties with the entire Donald Trump campaign, all of them are being arrested and imprisoned. It's only a matter of time before the head honcho just, he gets subpoenaed and he gets taken down. Mm-hmm. He's conducted illegal activity. That has been shown. His campaign did it. Okay. I mean, this, it's, do you agree? No. You don't agree? Not yet. Have you read... Can, have I read CNN? Yes. Have you read Fox News? Because it's on Fox News, too. It was all over Fox, Fox News. Fox News doesn't really go here yet. They're, they're waiting for evidence. Evidence? He literally pleaded guilty in a court. By evidence... He pleaded can guilty. I, can I ask you as a liberal for a favor? I, this we, is not a liberal or a Republican issue. This is campaign no, finance no, no, but fraud. No, but, I, but sometimes you guys can't see past your own skin. But the thing is I'm trying to get at here What is, do you mean by that? I can read a statement no, that no, no, says no, no, no. I committed campaign finance there is fraud. A FBI investigation going on right now by Robert Mueller into this. Thank okay. you for that. Thank You've it. acknowledged that. I have. What has that shown so far? That shows that there was a big, big crybaby called the Democratic Party. What, what do you mean? What, 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 you're just saying words. Why? Why would you say that? This is a nonpartisan issue. This is a, the dossier. What do you think this, this is? This is a nonpartisan issue right now. This is right a very now. partisan issue. The DNC is completely involved in this. They did this. This is not, has nothing to do with the they DNC. They all this fake crap up. And then, yes, but they, but yes, what do they find? They find financial problems with Cohen and Manafort. Who's they? The DNC didn't find any financial issues with it. No, Robert M- Mueller, Mueller did. did. Right, but how do you think this whole thing got started? He, he's an, an investigator. He, 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 this is his job. He's nonpartisan. I, I'm, I'm oh. really confused about this. Okay, great. You, you just acknowledge he's nonpartisan, right? Now, let me ask you a question. And I, wanna, I want you to get your honest answer. Because I've been honest with you. I want you to get your honest answer. You're an honest person. If Robert Mueller comes out and says, no collusion, will you accept that? Yes, because he's done a thorough investigation. Good. 
They but can that, wait for that? That has not happened. Actually, the contrary has shown that that probably will not happen. Now, okay, but, but here's the thing. Can I ask you again? Because I'll tell you what I would say. If, if he came out and said, yes, there was collusion, yes, I will accept that. Can you agree? Can you honestly agree with me, though, that Cohen did pay Stormy Daniels $130,000 to shut her up when she slept with Donald Trump? It wouldn't surprise me if that came out of Donald Trump's pocket. It's not like he's poor. His campaign paid her off. You, this is a fact. It is fact in a United States court. Two men are going to prison. They're serving jail time. They are paying financing for with the Stormy Daniels. Don't try and pull Manafort. No, Cohen. Into that. Yeah, but Manafort was all fucked up because he was committing because he was committing crimes mm, 30, ten years ago. Go on, go on. He was committing crimes by taking money by, by foreign nations and helping in their elections. I mean, the guy was all fucked up, and there was tax fraud. All of it. All of it was fucked up. And it's been proven in the United States court. Yet I'm really concerned about the comprehension, you know, issues on the right side with them understanding this information. You just said you didn't believe it, but it's been proven in the United States court. I, I'm, I'm I missing will, that. I will believe it when it, it comes it, when, out. When they're when they're physically shackled, or it, it has come out. It's full blown. No, no it's I'll out. believe it when when eight when, different I'll, accounts I'll for it, each I'll man. I'll believe it when 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 um when 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 liberals go out into the streets of um you know downtown wherever and shout that the Hitler is dead. Yeah, I'll believe it then. That may, I don't. I'm, I'm, can you? I don't know what that means. I do. Okay, let's. Can you explain that to the people? Yes, because they, a lot of people in this country on your side of the aisle think that Donald Trump is Hitler and I'm a Nazi. So, no, the majority doesn't believe that. Yeah, I do think so. No, the loud minority <laughs> says that, but that's the loud minority, and it's not, it's not the you know quieter majority. You know, don't let the fifteen percent speak for the rest of the you know eighty-five. The social justice warriors are out there screaming a bunch of nonsense. That doesn't mean the left party believes in all that. They actually denounce that often. Just like how, you know, the KKK gets announced by the Republican side. Yeah, but that's still used against us to this day. So is the social justice words against the liberals. Tomato, tomato. Okay. But all I'm saying is I'm really struggling with people not being able to comprehend a simple news story. Can I? But here's the thing. I'm actually looking at this differently. You're looking at this in another way. Truth is not you always are just, truth. You're just taking this, you're just taking bait in front of you. And believe me, it's exciting. Believe me, I know. What if I was bait? a liberal, I'd be jumping up and down right now. But I'm not. What Ben Shapiro, the conservatives' hero, has numerous podcasts on this where he is. I mean, no, Ben Shapiro is not a hundred percent Donald Trump fan. You're oh right. my gosh, he's he's he loves Donald Trump's policy. He likes him, but he, he, loves he tells him policy. when he's doing something wrong too. Yeah, and guess what? He spoke out against this. In the last two weeks, he spoke out against this. And, I don't, and I'm, I'm really struggling with the Republican base and how, and how they're not concerned about this. I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you want your president, all of our president, to, to be standing up and being a moral character and not breaking the law? Wouldn't we want that? I'm confused where our values went. Are Wait we that? for the investigation to end. That's all I'm asking you to do. Collusion has been proven, but campaign finance fraud has. That's illegal. It's did, illegal. Did, did Donald Trump know That's about it? That's an impeachable offense. Did, did Donald offense. Trump know about it? That's an impeach. It doesn't matter if he knew about it or not. It's his campaign. It does not matter. But here's the thing. If you don't know about something, how can you be charged? And it was his campaign. Correct. But here's the thing. He has how a would lot he of people not know about So let me that. ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? I mean, you're going to. Right. So you don't have to ask permission. Okay. You've worked on campaigns. I've not worked on campaigns. You've not? 
No, I've worked for a third-party organization that works with third-party organization. Let me use that as an example. Actually, that's harder to use as an example. But let's can we say let's let's say, let's say I work for no. Let's say you work for a campaign, right? Sure, plausible. Okay, very plausible. Let's say you start stealing campaign finances from a campaign and using them. Let's say we, you start doing something like that. I know you wouldn't, but let's just say you did and you use them for something else that wasn't right. Okay. Should the candidate that you are supporting be out of the race then? Uh, yeah, he, it's his campaign. Yep. hundred okay. percent. So I see, that's where you and me disagree because I don't believe <clears throat> that if you don't know something is happening, then I don't think that you should be in trouble for it. I mean, a blind eye is not an innocent eye. They're two different. They're two very different things. You can turn your head the other way, out of sight, out of mind. Okay, we're not going to be able to prove whether Donald Trump turned his head the other way. But here's, but, but here's the thing. You can make an assumption, and I'll make an assumption. But they're going to be you different. Have the voice recordings of him talking about the Stormy Daniels, you know, paying out? There are voice recordings about it. I got brought up in court. It's crazy. I'm not saying Cohen's a clean dude. But I'm, all I'm asking you to do, and I'm going to say it again, is please wait for the investigation to end. Oh, I will. Okay, because I'm waiting. I've been waiting but now for two years. That paired with what happened in Helsinki is just really questionable. Okay. I'm not going to talk about Helsinki because I know that's like a liberal talking point. Because it's not a time which is news. I don't, I'm, I'm really confused I don't think he did a good call. job in Helsinki. I don't. But... I don't think it proves Russian collusion either. It proves some favoritism, that's for sure. Okay, I am fully um, on board for Russian uh, relations. Yes, I am f- completely on board for Russian relations, and I really hope that we can have a good relationship with Russia. And I'm not trying to piss Russia off. You know, Hillary Clinton used to run on the thing as I'm going to step on Putin's toes. I have don't think you... You, I don't think you step on Putin's toes, and that's not a good thing to do. Okay. Have you? Do you agree with what happened in Helsinki? Do I agree with what happened in Helsinki? Yeah. What exact what what are we exactly referring to? He did not did, oh, denounce uh, Russian interference. Yes. Okay. You're on a world stage. Okay, and then look, I'm not saying that he did a good job at this, but here's what I would have done. I would have said if there was Russian collusion which we have obviously seen evidence of and the intelligence agencies have seen, we're going to stop it. Now, is that coming from the Kremlin? I don't know. But we need to figure that out, and I'm going to continue my investigation with my intelligence agencies to do so. Now, did Donald Trump say that? No. But, and I wish he did. But, I mean, yes, and, but here's the thing. is that If you're trying to get me on the fact that you're, you know, how could you support this? I don't. I don't support what he did in Helsinki. So don't try and, you know, Come at me with that because I don't actually support, agree with what he said. I really am being serious about that. I don't agree with what he said. I think he should have, without pissing off Vladimir Putin, a relationship I believe needs to be preserved. I don't think I think he could have said it differently, and that the news organizations and the, the liberal media would not have blown up and you know blown up. I wish he said it differently. He kind of digged his own hole there. I agree. So if you're going to come at me for that, just know that I actually don't agree with something that Donald Trump said. I'm not a very. Um, I'm. A, I hope you realize I'm, I'm actually a pretty level-minded human being. I can actually make my own thoughts, and I actually can identify numerous times in the Trump presidency and prior that I have disagreed with Donald Trump. 
Okay? We're not, I am not under brainwash as I'm not. Would you still vote for him in 2020? Yes, I would. Do you think the majority, uh, here's a first question. Are you friends with a lot of people that, that you know voted for him in 2016? Um, I know people who have who did. Yeah. I just, I, I'm I, just wondering if you, you know. If you ask me if I, if I have a, you know, a, you know, a list of 350 people long, no, I don't. No, I'm just wondering, do you know of, a, you know, when you talk to people that you're friends with, are a majority of them saying, did they say, did, did they vote in 2016? Yes. For him? Um, yes. A lot of people, I know, I know people who did. Yes. Now, I know you, you probably still have conversations with those people. Are they still on board for him in 2020? For the most part. Yeah. Yes. Well, Okay. I'm just wondering where people are where people are at. Let me, let me, I, here's the thing is what I, I what I'm trying to get people to understand and, and especially people on the on the left is that Donald Trump's popularity with Donald Trump's base and Donald Trump's supporters has not weakened. Oh no. Okay. No, they are, his approval rating true. his approval rating I know it's not, you know, the 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 liberals like to call it like the 80% Obama one, but Obama's wasn't terribly high. At the, the it most wasn't two, terribly high. No, and it was, it was, it was high fifties the, at the most. At the at the end, yeah. yes. But at this point, um, it wasn't far off from where Donald Trump is because even an M- M- NBC poll came out and said it was forty four percent the other day. Fairly high. It, fairly high, and and especially for everything that's been going on. And I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal, and it was about that poll that came out, and from the uh, uh, I think it was the New York Times poll actually said he was at forty three, and and, and and it was a whole article about how even after the Cohen stuff, and this was a poll taken after the Cohen stuff, that he's still holding on to his popularity, and. And there's a reason for that, and, and this is not to be to start an argument with you, but this is just to point out a fact. And that fact is is that D- Donald Trump's popularity, the reason why Don- people voted for Donald Trump because not because you know, I always say that um, this is a, something as a T-shirt that you can actually buy. It said Vladimir Putin did not make me want to vote for for Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton did. Okay, um, and Hillary wasn't the best candidate. Sure. Okay, I'm glad we agree on that. Um, and I think if, if it, and I, I'm open about a concept that I don't want to get into a debate about, but I think that if Bernie Sanders was running against Donald Trump, Donald, uh, Donald Trump would not be president. Bernie Sanders would be. But um, I Maybe. think I, I, no, I don't, I believe I don't that agree Don- with that. You don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought the Bernie or bust people, I thought the Bernie, you know, lovers, uh, I thought they were the loud minority. I thought I think what happened, and I'll tell you what I think happened. And I don't have a lot of evidence of this, but I have a sum. It was um, I think a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters were so fed up with the DNC and the Democratic Party they flipped. That's true. And yeah. I think that if that was not, if Hillary Clinton was not the nominee, those would have stayed, and that would have pushed him over the edge in places like Pennsylvania, Florida, places like that. So I think that that, yeah. that would have the swing states would have gone in his favor, which would have won him the election. Okay, yeah, that makes so. Yeah. Uh, that's what that was my theory on that. Um, and I, I generally think a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters did go for Donald Trump. Now, here's the thing about what, 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 why people are still voting for him is because people, honestly, American people who voted for Donald Trump don't really give a shit about the Russian thing. They don't. I give a shit about the Russia thing because I care about what people see Donald Trump as. But let me tell you something, and I hope you can kind of visualize this. And we, uh, being on the rowing team, we, we were driving once, and um, we were going up to Tennessee. And I remember we were going through Georgia. And you know, red Georgia, um, and we were going through Georgia Not for long, baby. Stacy Abramson, 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 <laughs> she's coming back. Sorry. Good. So, I was. I remember we were driving up there, and I looked out the window, and I and I saw this 
ranch style house. Small, nothing, no landscaping, just some dirt front. There's a man on the porch. Beard, rocking chair. A golden retriever and a shotgun next to him. Oh boy, those are some good recipes. And you want to know something? And I said to myself, I said, that is how Donald Trump won the election, and that guy doesn't give a shit about Russia collusion. He's probably really uninformed, too. More than likely. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but I'm not, I'm not going to say no. But, yeah. but the thing is, is that, will you judge see what I'm trying to say? Is yeah, no. They don't care. Oh, dude, it's been proven. <laughs> they don't I mean, care. He can get up on stage. I mean, he he got up during his campaign and said, people love me so much, I can get up and I could go shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Ave and no one would give a shit. He was dead accurate when he said that. He, the Trumpsters? Mm-mm, man. He'd go shoot someone in Fifth Ave. They wouldn't give a shit about That guy you talk about on the porch rocker? He doesn't care if Donald Trump gets up and says the most racist, misogynistic, you know, bigot, you know, phrase ever. He, the guy does not care. Well, but here's the thing is that what I'm going to tell the Demo, if anybody from the DNC is listening, which maybe, I don't know how many, how many DNC. Maybe FDP, but not uh, DNC. Okay. But maybe if, 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 if this make, episode makes it big and the DNC decides to listen, then I have an, a tip for them. I did a quote on NPR today, so maybe. Okay, maybe. cool. Um, so I was, I, I, um, Donald Trump is popular still. And it might be for di- reasons that you all disagree with, but here's how you got to win an election. You have to you have to get behind one candidate that everybody likes. Okay? And his name is not Bernie Sanders. His name is not her name is not Hillary Clinton. Her name is not Mark Zuckerberg. His name is not Mark Zuckerberg, sorry. And I I don't think that her name is Oprah Winfrey either. But you have to find someone, and I'll tell you who I really wish would run for president, is Kennedy. You know who I'm talking about. What's his name? Um, Pennsylvania senator? Yes. He's too young. I know. He's 33. Is he 33? Yeah, Patrick Kennedy. Patrick Kennedy, right. He, I think that right there is a huge threat to Donald Trump. I do. I think if that guy was old enough, oh my God. I think, I think uh, Cory Booker is uh, the only threat uh, to gain momentum if he campaigns early. Um, I'm not sure. Let me sure. ask you a question. Do you think, and I, I take even Cory Booker out of the equation. Well, you can leave him into the equation because I, I know you, uh, you favor Cory Booker. But I actually don't know much about him. I just really like him when I've seen him speak. Oh, he's a very good speaker. But uh, I don't know about his I, policy. I, I don't know his voting record I either. I encourage you to go to Newark. I encourage you to go to, um, I encourage you to go to Camden. I encourage you to go to Trenton, where I live ten minutes from. I encourage you to go. That's a, that's a place where that needs a lot of help. Yeah, eradicating property, eradicating property, property is a, a difficult right. task. But, but let me, but let me ask you a question. Do you believe that the Democratic, that that a Demo- do you think that Donald Trump, if he's still in office, because I know you think he'll be out by next summer, but. If you think he's still in office and he runs for re-election, which he, which he will, and he's already said he was going to, and he's already started, do you think he will win, Donald Trump? My gut says he will. My wish is says he won't. I really hope not. He's just... I don't know much about about a lot. I'm only 21 years old. I'm in politics and I've, I'm pretty active in politics, especially local politics. Um, the one thing that I think is going to have a lot of people 
And I think it's going to, I think the margin will be smaller this time in terms of the Electoral College. But I will tell you something that is going to keep me up at night. And that's how motivated the Democratic Party is right now. Super motivated, man. Huge motivated. So that what happened last night in the Democratic and just the uh, and I think, Florida primaries. I think Gillum is a great candidate. Andrew Gillum is the best candidate. I will say it right now. Andrew Gillum is the best candidate either party has put up since Obama in any race. Any race. Do you think he's going to beat DeSantis? Yes. I think he's going to wallop DeSantis. I think there is a, an energy, a motivation... He's got motherfuckers like me working for him, and I'm sick, and I don't stop. I think this guy has this Obama-esque presence when he walks in a room that people just attract to, no matter which side of the aisle. The man walks into the room and he commands it. He's smart. He's been doing policy work for 15 years. He's a family man. He's got great values. He speaks well. There is a lot of positives. I haven't found one negative of the guy. He doesn't lie. His voting record's clean. I mean, I would never truly stand behind a candidate this strong if I really didn't believe in him. Like, I truly believe in this guy. And I think Ron DeSantis is debatably, you know, he, there's a lot of things that are not great about the guy. Example this morning. Uh, he said some pretty awful shit this morning, and it's been 10 hours since him and Gillum are facing off. And so since the, you know, the versus has been going on, and it's been 10 hours, and he said he doesn't want Gillum monkeying up this race. Day one, step one, already making it about his race. Whether he meant to or not, he did it. And he knew... When you say a word like that, that guy's a smart guy. You know, you know that's gonna get some. That's gonna cause you some slack and some and some issues, especially because the guy who endorsed you also used the same terminology for Amoroso, who got fired two weeks late, two weeks previously. Did you see that this morning? I did not read on that this morning. No. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he actually meant it. I think he was just using the word, like a monkey wrench. Like throw a monkey wrench into the race. Yeah, I I don't I don't think he actually's you know truly racist, but it's just a really poor choice of words. Having met Ron DeSantis on numerous occasions, uh, a, a really good guy, very polite man. Um, I did not support Adam Putnam in this race. Thank you, Adam Putnam. Well, I think he has a. Interesting history. Um, his personality was was low. Dry, I'd say Very. dry. Yeah. And also, I, I, you might have saw him on the debate stage, to, you know, talk in public. Yeah, that was, that's rough. It is a lot different than the Adam Putnam that walks around off the debate stage. Yeah. I've never heard a man say less words in a single, in an hour when I got to follow quiet him. Quiet guy. Around. Very quiet guy. And I don't think that's what we need. Maybe we do need a quiet guy. We got some pretty loud ones already. But I think that's what wins. Oh no, no, that yeah, that is what wins. And, and sure. here's the thing: DeSantis is the kind of guy who walks in, commands a room, and he can kind of get people to like like him. Yeah. 
And I think that that is, you know, and, and you said the same thing about uh, Mr. Gillum there. And I think that, I think that that's going to, that's going to play out here. I really do. And I, and look, I'm very, and the one thing is, is that I think Gillum and, and DeSantis are such different people though. I think these debates are going to be fascinating. They're going to be eye-opening. They're going to be fascinating. They're going to really show how well equipped each candidate is, how well each candidate can speak. They're going to be broadly televised and publicized because it's Bernie Sanders versus Donald Trump, but in Florida. It is. A Bernie-backed candidate and a Donald Trump-backed. This is, if you're not involved in Florida politics right now, you, you need be. to get because it is and, the and, juiciest politics going. Is. And you know something, and people kind of like I'm, I, I, I like I, I'm a registered voter in Pennsylvania, not Florida. You actually. should switch that before October 9th, man. I don't want to. I've already got my absentee ballot coming in, so I, I believe you don't want to partake. No, in this and, and there's a reason election. for that. Is I like to participate in my home state. I do. I don't. I would love to, but 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 Pennsylvania needs my vote too. Um, the to swing state. Andrew Gillum needs your vote. Andrew Gillum does not. No. Um, uh, I actually did meet Andrew Gillum the night of the uh, debate at JU. And, um, How nice great, was he? What a great guy. Thank you. And I actually got into like a 10-minute conversation with the guy. What a great guy. Very nice man. Uh, very nice man. And Does a lot of great things. He does. Uh, he did a great job interacting with me. So, oh, but, I said it. So, so, mm. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> you said it. I haven't looked much into his record. You but, know what? For everyone listening, I don't really give a shit about national politics anymore because I've gotten so much invested in local Florida politics. Like, this is all I really care I about. don't care about who's becoming the tax collector near, you know, down the road. But Yes, you should. Mia Jones just won, and she's... Awesome, dude. Cool, but like, I like this, this, <laughs> it's I, funny I, that she's brought up tax collector because I, I met Mia Jones. She's like, I'm running for tax collector. I'm like, I'm totally voting for you because you're super nice. So, yeah, that's what wins at those low. And levels. she won. That's what wins at those low level races. But let me just be honest because um, it's it's it, it's worth noting that there is a there's something in this country that is changing and like it, it is like these states that are becoming like serious battlegrounds and like for so example uh, for those of you who don't know anything about pennsylvania politics um, there's a guy running against tom wolf who's the incumbent governor right now who's democratic and um their incoming guy is a guy named um, scott wagner uh, the republican oh i know scott wagner yeah, great guy sure um and, and they've done <laughs> a lot of great things sure and sure sure so if you don't know who scott wagner is i suggest you google him because he's really got a he's a he's a very unique candidate and he's very a trump-like candidate but in a very <laughs> different way um he was a garbage man and um some humility he's gonna bring. and then he was like he was a garbage man and then he basically like opened his own like you know waste management industry and like and like he kind of made himself like a you know made himself a lot of money yeah uh, man and American I dream right there it was and I think it was great and that's why I support him uh, because I like the American dream of vegan good build. for you that's why I like him and I, and, yeah. and, and, and that I, makes sense and I support it there was a there was like six people in that race for the primary and our primary was um for that was back in May. Yeah, it was probably super early. Our, our primary is in May. He's been on the, working on the general election against Tom Wolf since May. God, that's so long. It is, but here's the thing: like, it doesn't get fired up up there until like now. Like he yeah. like kind of goes into well, like hiding. Probably for a two while. or three months before he'll get fired. Yeah, up. like he like he he's never really stops campaigning, <clears throat> but he doesn't like you know 
show the world. Yeah. You know, no. he doesn't like, because I think you run out of money eventually. Oh, so, yeah. No, these these smaller campaigns, I mean, there's millions in them, but they still right. run out of money. But like Scott Wagner, but if you ever look at the guy, he walks around in a t-shirt a lot like of time. That. He's in a button down. Like, like he's in a button down, but he's wearing like shorts and he's wearing a hat that says USA. And it's like, that's just a regular guy. Yeah, we need more of that. We do need, I'm a populist, you know that. I believe in the common man. I'm a populist. I've been a populist my whole life. Um, I believe in people, um, a lot of names that you wouldn't agree with, that I would love to see run for president of the United States um, because they're just normal people. Or they're, they are, a lot of them are celebrities. Right. But One person you think is, name one person that you want, that you desperately want to run for the United States presidency. Oh, God. I think you're going to jump at me. Come on, say it. Oh, God. Natural reaction, go. Judge Jeanine Pirro. Who? Judge Jeanine Pirro. I don't know what that is. You, yes, you do. Really? Judge Jeanine on Fox. She wrote the book, Liars, Leakers, and Liberals. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I know who that is. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Okay. I like that. All right. She's, she, was a, she was the district attorney for Westchester County in New York. And then she had a Then she had I have more questions. I have more. I have another. Hold on. I have another one. I have another one. (laughs) Judge Judy. I'd stand behind that. I don't know who the fuck she stands for, but I'd stand behind it just because Judge Judy. I want her name to not change. To like, I needed to stage Judge Judy. Like, she's not President Judy. It's just Judge Judy. It's Judge Judy. She's not president. Just change the name for that was eight years (laughs) (laughs) or whenever she gets out. But anyway, ask more questions, please. I'm an open book. Okay. I love these questions. Okay. Favorite president of all time. Please do not say Ronald Reagan. John F. Kennedy. Hell yeah, brother! I can't high-five you, but hell yeah. Hell yeah. John F. Kennedy. Think I look like him? No. I've gotten it a few times. Nah, I, it's the nicest me. compliment everyone's, anyone's ever given me. <laughs> I love JFK. Great guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know why interesting questions like that. Those are just two off-the-limb questions I had. But, uh... Favorite time in political, uh, favorite time in U.S. history? Easy. Space race. Really? Mm-hmm. 60s? 60s? 50s? Uh, 60s, 70s. Yeah. Uh, Cold War for Late sure. Late 1950s to 1973-ish when the space era ended. We had a unified country to get to the moon. We did. That, that I agree with. That I agree with. And you want to know something? Because it was cool was cool maybe we just need something that's cool and everyone to believe in maybe it's that simple it is and you want to know something people were excited at the concept of going to the moon they they simply had something to believe in you know what i've gotten to this debate the other day i was at unf and uh, there's a free speech area and this guy who's like really proudly preaches religion but it basically screams at people and uh, i was standing trying to register people to vote and he started attacking me and it was him and his friend, and they started attacking me. And I was stupid enough to take the bait, and I fought back. And I th- called one of the pers- people a coward, because he was being a coward. He was just trying to provoke me. And it was, it was wrong of him, because I was just trying to register kids to vote. The next day, I saw them again, and I said, Jesus, all right. And I walked over to them, and I apologized. I said, I'm sorry to you, because I called you a coward. And I'm sorry that I wasn't more open to your ideas. I go, to be honest, guys... What I think you do is wrong. I don't think you should scream at kids as they're going to class, especially as something as personal as religion. But on the same, in the same breath, I really believe 
that we need more people like you because you actually believe in something. I don't care what you believe in, but you believe in something. Hating something is not believing in something. Believing in something, being inspired by something is, is a foreign concept to people in this country. Everyone on social media, they're just hating things or aimlessly liking them. They just have nothing they believe in. And when I talk to you about politics, you believe in this shit. You don't just debate me because you want to debate somebody. You're not just doing this because it's fun. You're doing it because you believe in Donald Trump. Power to you. You fucking believe in something. You believe in something. And that's the most motivating part. Sorry for the rant, but... I, it, I agree with your rant. Yeah, no, it's just... I, there's something in American society that, that's, not, that's not there. There's no fire burning that we can all get around. Well, well, I, well, I think that, you know... You can't center around hate is what I'm getting at. You can't, you can't get behind hate. That's why Hillary lost. You can't, you know, that's not motivating. It's, no one wants that. It's and the not Democrats a good, can't do that again. No, it's a terrible message. That's why thing, I stand behind it. Actually, somebody on Fox and said it was a Democratic strategist. They bring Democratic strategists yeah. on all the time when they can get them. But, oh, yeah, no Democrat. Yeah. When they can get them. But, yeah. but, they, but she said the one thing that, Donald, that the Democrats cannot run on is down with Donald Trump or impeach it's, Donald Trump. They cannot run no. on that because Donald Trump, people are like, that's not what I need. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that doesn't make my life better in the short term. Yes. And all I tell people is go, so go find something that's going to make your life better and go believe in it and go fight for it and go work for it. Oh, man. Crazy times. It is. Crazy times. Thanks for coming on. I had a great time. Yeah, this is, these are the tough conversations, though. People need to have them. They do. We're still They're friends. not easy, but we're still friends. I know. We're actually really good friends. We still hang out, you know, guys. We, we go, we get coffee together. We go get coffee. It's the cutest thing. <laughs> we, we, like, we, we literally go to the same Starbucks. Every what, month? At least once a month we go. Yeah, sometimes we do twice a month. And we talk about literally like everything under the sun. Everything. And then the conversation usually repeats the next month. Yeah, but we, we still love it. We talk it. about politics. We talk about Thomas's book that he's writing. Sorry, I don't want to tell people about that. <laughs> Thomas is a pretty good writer and he's writing some type of novel thing I don't know five novels he's, he's pretty famous so no I'm not in, in the near future you're gonna see his novels out in the dollar store at the dollar store <laughs> well I hope people listen this far thank you guys for listening yeah, Thomas if you've made it this far listening to, uh, to my voice <laughs> come meet me because I would love to have you in my life <laughs> guys it's a comedian alright thank you Thomas peace out everybody <laughs>